Okay, you've got a story. As a cop, you deal with people who are mad all the time. Sure. Everybody's sure. upset about everything with everybody, uh-huh. and especially with you, so you come rolling up. Can you think of a story where you came rolling up on a scene and somebody was upset and let's just say probably didn't handle their anger in the right way? Well, there's one that comes to mind in particular, and, and this one we can take alcohol, drugs right out of the equation. This is just pure, unadulterated. Are those unusual I'm circumstances angry. where it's no? <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't say it's it's unusual, and, and a lot of times people romanticize maybe the idea of these crimes of passion, but uh, certainly alcohol, drugs, they can exacerbate any situation. They can make things much worse, but in this case, it was just simply somebody really, really angry out of jealousy so this story goes back a few years ago so I I think I'm good to talk about it this person's already been through the court system and I will change names to protect the innocent and in this case the guilty right and And she was he or she I should say was innocent until proven guilty exactly little little dragnet there so I was on midnight shift so just to kind of set the scene here it is a I think it was maybe fall, and it's kind of quiet. <laughs> I stop in one of the local gas stations. Hoots in the background. <laughs> I stop in to get my caffeine because it is three or four in the morning, whatever it was, midnight shift, not much going on other than that owl. And I hear this squad call go out, or this call for the fire department. It's very unusual because they say it's a woman on such and such a street with her finger trapped in the gas tank or caught in the gas tank of a car. And I thought, that's really weird that that would happen. She's parked somewhere on the street, I'm picturing, and her finger somehow ends up stuck in the gas tank. So I decide I'm going to go check it out. And I get there before the fire department because it's 3 or 4 in the morning. They're all asleep. So I get there, and I come across this person. And I know her from other dealings. And so we'll pretend her name is Penelope, which was not her name. Penelope. (laughs) I like so uh, we will call her Penelope, and I see her, and I said, Penelope, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. I'm not doing anything. Well, <laughs> I just, disagree. <laughs> you know, I'm just walking around. i got my finger in a gas tank. You know, your typical 3 o'clock exactly, early you know, morning ritual. Okay, then Head leave. to the gym next. <laughs> Unless she can drag that car with her, she's not leaving. <laughs> so I look down at her feet, and of course this car now, keep in mind, this is a Saturn. It's the make of the vehicle. Uh, she is on the passenger side. That's where the flap the access is for the gas tank. And so she has her feet on the street, right up against the curb. And I look down and I see an assortment of screws and nails and a bag of sugar that has been open and part of it spilled on the ground. So it's very clear to me, at least I think I'm a reasonable person, it's very clear what had happened here. And as I explained to her that I, <laughs> my theory... She- She's putting together a sweet tea stand. <laughs> <laughs> She's in complete denial. And I'm trying to tell her, Penelope, you are literally caught red-handed. This is the definition of being caught red-handed. <laughs> and she's still in denial. Well, the fire department gets there with the rescue truck. And what they find out, they can't get her finger out. She is truly stuck with her finger, her index finger, in the hole where you put the nozzle for your gas. <laughs> and the more she moves, the more it cuts. Ooh. The firefighters can't figure out what's going on here. And we always think that when we put that nozzle in to get our gas, we just assume it's some kind of flap or trap door that opens and then releases when we're done. And that's what I'm picturing. But I can't figure out why her finger is still stuck there. She wants it out. We want it out. But it's not coming out. Right. 
the firefighters tells me, we're going to have to get the saws on, cut the back corner of this car oh out, and then figure out what's going on. So one of them goes to get the saws all out of the rescue truck. Luckily, another one who's kind of poking around, looking at things, realizes that this flap doesn't open and close. It rolls kind of, I want to say, pivots out of the way. And it's a very weird design. I don't even know if Saturn owners know this. In fact, I don't even know if they still make Saturns. But right. <laughs> for this model, this was a weird setup. And so essentially, the more that she moved her finger, the worse this would get because it's cutting into her finger, into the flesh. It's almost kind of like one of those Chinese handcuffs you used to oh, get at the novel. Yes, yes. Uh, gift shop finger for your traps kids. And you finger traps. Yes, yes. Sure. The more she squirmed and turned, the worse it got. She couldn't get out. And so this firefighter realizes, I can put a screwdriver in and turn. It's almost like a dial. I can just dial it out of the way and then let her finger come out. I see. And that's exactly what happened. And it worked. She decides she's going to tell me the story of what happened. Because now she's had time to come up with the oh. real reason why she is stuck. And it's not her car, by the way. I should probably mention that. This oh, is yeah, not yeah. her car. So we're going to take a salt all to somebody else's car. <laughs> right. We still haven't found the owner of the that's car. Right. So she wins no matter what. <laughs> At least they sold all to somebody else's car. Right. And so she tells me her story. Well, stay tuned after this short break, and you'll hear that story. You're listening to The Preacher and the Policeman. I'm LJ. I'm the preacher. And I'm Andy. I'm the policeman. Okay, so I've got to hear this story because I'm trying to think what viable story would a credible person believe aside from, hey, I was trying to put sugar nails and screws into somebody else's gas tank. Well, she had a lot of work to do because all the evidence is right there. Again, right. empty or red-handed rather. And she proceeds to tell me that she's walking along. She's on the other side of town just walking along at three or four in the morning and knows the girl who owns the car. And by luck, she happens to see somebody messing around the car. Oh no. And she thinks they're doing something in her gas tank. Oh no. And so like any good citizen would do, she approaches the person and says, Hey, what are you doing to her car? I know this girl get away from her car. What a sweet hearted, good Samaritan. Exactly. The girl took off running into the night, never to be found again. Go Penelope. And Penelope proceeds to, examine what has happened now she needs to investigate so she proceeds to tell me that she decided to look because she said oh there's screws on the ground there's nails on the ground there's sugar on the ground and well there's sugar around the gas tank i better check it out and as she checked it out and explored with her finger her finger becomes trapped oh no in the flap and the good samaritan was trapped in the flap she's now trapped in the flap trapped in the flap this trapped in this hey just be be listening for andy and my Single coming out soon called Trapped in the Flap. It'll be on iTunes. <laughs> so I'm guessing you didn't buy the story. I had a hard time believing. It. I was kind of cynical. You know, I, I, I could see how you were cynical about that. Now let me ask you this: Did she happen to know the person, or is this a random act of violence that she was apparently sabotaging somebody else's car, allegedly? Well, that's when I found out the true story later on. Of course, I said, "Well, I will see you at the hospital." That way you can get the finger stitched, and we'll talk a little bit more up there. Right. Now, she she was committed to this story, 
But I told her my theory when I got to the hospital. And after a lot of talking and a little time at the hospital and writing her a summons so she could appear in court on what I believe was a clear case of criminal damaging, she decides to share with me that not only does she know this person, but this person also happens to like the same gentleman that she likes, that she wants to date. And so there's a little competition there. I think they both work together in a local business and somehow had come into contact with this guy. I like that guy. I like that guy. And then the race was on. I see. Now she saw her as competition. And so why not put some sugar and screws and nails in her gas tank? Because that's what people do when they get angry. (laughs) uh, When I get angry, I go to the pantry and I go get sugar and I go to the garage and I go get nails and screws and I look for a person's gas tank that I can sabotage. Of course. Why wouldn't you? So then it seems like if, her story doesn't check out, then the real story is Penelope was angry with her friend. She was very or, angry, or co-worker, right? whatever this member. acquaintance was, this crew member. Exactly. And, and maybe born out of jealousy, Okay. but again, That's letting a- those emotions kind of take over and going against maybe what would be your better judgment otherwise. Exactly. Only causes more of, trouble. Exactly. That's no secret that, especially in 2020, we saw a lot of angry people. Sure. People dealing with anger over all kinds of issues. And some of them were justified. But if we're going to get angry, is there... Boy, wouldn't it be great if there was a book? Maybe like a manual that would tell us how to deal with anger. Maybe somebody who would write some little snippets of, hey, if you're going to get angry, do this. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe a a kind of a, a large book used over time. And maybe stories about how people got angry and then handled it right, handled it wrong. Oh, this could be a bestseller. That would be amazing, what and it would, would be cool. It? it would almost be like a like a Bible for when you get angry. That you're onto something on how to be holy. Put that together. A holy Bible. You're there. You there got it, it is, you ladies and gentlemen. It. If you've never heard of it before, we're going to come out with this. We may have just coined a term. I, I, hey, speaking yeah. of coining terms, if you want us to use a certain word, this is a little commercial break on the podcast. Just send us an email at vernonchaplains at gmail dot com or. Reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. I don't think we have a parlor yet. And we, no, we don't have MySpace. Yeah. So look for us, Vernon Chaplains, at Facebook or Instagram. And let us know what word you want us to use. It can't be vulgar or racy, but a word you want us to use. And we'll try to pepper it in. In natural conversation, we will do our best to throw that in there. So, so let's do talk. Apparently, I believe Jesus did talk a little bit about getting angry and how we should respond when we get angry. I do remember him saying something in Matthew chapter 5 about getting angry. And he even said, if you're angry with your brother without cause, that's bad. It's more right, malo. Right. It's not bueno. Right. So if we're angry, what do you think is a better way, let's say Penelope, for her to have expressed her anger at this other girl for kind of moving in on her relationship with this guy? Well, by that model... She could have started with going to that person, of course. Oh, that, oh hang on. Let me write this down. <laughs> Is this written down anywhere? I refer back to the Matthew 5 statement. Oh, very good. <laughs> of course, people don't necessarily do that. They don't think rationally when they get upset. Right. And oftentimes, and this is actually something that I've used to appeal on calls, believe it or not, mostly to juveniles. 
okay. because you have to understand, of course, and you having your experience in youth ministry and being a senior pastor of a church with a, a large group of young people that they're already in these emotional upheavals and there's all these things that are going on that they don't understand and life can be hard outside of whatever other turmoil there is, divorces or step parents, uh, whatever's going on that is a, a source of friction for them. And what I share with them as adults or as children is you can't let your emotions control you. And that's maybe the first step because we're not always dealing with prayerful people or people that that's take things to point. the Lord in prayer. That's a um, great point. Certainly as police officers, that's not the approach we're taking. But you can start with, even if you don't feel that you're in a place where you want to pray, maybe your mindset's not right, right there right now, you're a little upset, but you start with controlling that emotion instead of letting it control you. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, again, alcohol and drugs can play a huge factor in it, but you can take that out of the equation. And when you have a situation, whether it's a domestic, a juvenile complaint, uh, an assault, uh, telecommunications harassment, menacing, take a number of the calls we deal with, and you're dealing with somebody who let that emotion control them and drive that decision. And when their rational thought goes out the window, well, that's when we have to come in. Sure. So the first step then would be to take a deep breath, mm -hmm. think clearly rather than just re react sure. immediately, and go to the person with whom you have an issue. Absolutely. I, I do remember in this very passage, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, if you know somebody has ought against you, which is a word we don't use very often, speaking of words, <laughs> let us know what word you want us to use. If somebody has ought against you or is angry with you, you are to go to that person and reconcile with them, make it right with them. In fact, Jesus even went so far as to say, if you come all the way from your house to the temple, you walk three days and you drag a, a lamb with you for three days and you get there and you remember, oh man, I forgot, Penelope's upset with me. You're supposed you to go. leave your lamb there. Go three days home. Tell Penelope, hey, I know things have been kind of weird between us lately, but what can I do to make it right? You're supposed to reconcile with her, then come all the way back to the temple, and then offer your sacrifice. That's, That's the only thing I can find in Scripture where Jesus says, I would rather see this than see worship. So if that's more important than worship, certainly that means something. So if you know somebody's angry with you right now, you're supposed to reconcile with them. Now that we have texting and Facebook and all that kind of thing, you could send them a text right now and just say, hey, I know things have been weird between us, or I'm sorry that we've been kind of distant. I'm sorry that things have been tough between us, whatever. Will you forgive me? Or let's get together. I, I want to I wanna make things right, especially with family situations. You hear yes. it probably a lot. I hear right. it a lot in ministry. Sure. Haven't talked to my dad in 20 years. Mm -hmm. Haven't talked to my sister in five years. And that's so sad that to see that people can allow those anger to build up to, to the point where it just becomes bitterness, resentment. Right. And finally, there's this broken relationship that eventually people begin to regret, man, I wish I would have made things right before it was too yeah. late. Yeah. So the first step would be go to that person and talk to them and don't go to other people. And for heaven's sake, don't go to social media and tell the oh, world about I'm it. I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> oh my goodness, don't do that. Such a trap. Such it is a trap. such a trap. Yes. You're just pouring gasoline. <laughs> no yes. pun intended, but you're pouring gasoline yeah. with nails, screws, and sugar. Right. You're pouring it <laughs> onto a fire. You talk about a flap trap. That's that a flap is. trap. <laughs> Look for our EP. And I'll go as far as to say that even with social media, it's almost 
entrapment because sure. there's such, I have that urge. I, I have my own personal set of rules for Facebook. I don't engage with the yes. debates, whether the, even the religious ones, um, I don't weigh in. Right. But there's a temptation there. There's times that you see something on there, and, and let's be frank, you just say, well, that's just stupid. Right. You know, and you want to weigh in. You want to give your two cents. Right. I resist that urge. You notice when people don't do that, what comes out of it? Oh, yeah. It's incredible. It's just one one long thread of vitriol. Yes. And anger and hatred. To the hundredth and, power and beyond. Oh, I mean, everybody weighs in. Everybody yes. weighs in. Yes. And I have never seen anybody on a Facebook post get angry, upset, and then somebody below their post say, oh, man, you are absolutely right. I'm so way, sorry. Yeah. My view was totally wrong. Yeah, I, I concede yeah. my view. I want to be more like you. I've never seen that right. happen. Right. Probably never will. Probably not. So, yeah, go to the person. Don't go to social media. Now, what happens if you go to the person and they want nothing to do with it? They don't want any reconciliation. They want to nurse the mm. grudge or bitterness or resentment right. that they have. Right. I would say, well, Jesus said, if you can't make it right, then find another person and go with them as kind of a witness yes. that you're trying to make things right. Yes. What happens even if you do that and they still don't respond? Well, is that on you anymore? I don't think that's on you at that point. You've, you've followed that model that Jesus gives. And he is big on relationships, as you said. Yes, he And is. let's not forget, he told us to love one another. Yes, he did. Sometimes we tend to forget that. And when we lose our control and our rational thought, that goes right out the window with everything else. So I think you've done what you needed to do at that point. Exactly. And then if, if they will not accept your apology or forgive you, at least in the eyes of God, you did what you should have done, not on you. So you won't have to give account for that. That will be up to them one day possibly to give account for that. But hopefully, maybe if you pray for them, then God will soften their heart and cause them to want to reconcile. I have seen situations where somebody had a just a rough relationship with somebody else. They were angry all the time, bitter. But they began to pray for that person. And it took a month, a solid month of praying daily for that person. But God put a love for that person in their heart. Wow. And he helped bring wow. reconciliation. Yeah. He can do that. Yes, absolutely. Rumor has it he's almighty. <laughs> and he's even more powerful than resentment and grudges and bitterness and yes. even anger. That's right. So before you go placing your index finger into the gas tank of a vehicle with sugar nails and screws at your feet. Especially in order a Saturn. To, in, especially a Saturn because, boy, those little guillotines will get you. They will get you. That's right. Don't be a ne'er-do-well. Cut out the tomfoolery, the shenanigans. Don't be, don't be a scallywag. <laughs> Those are examples more. of the words you can say. We in. want words like that. <laughs> don't be a real rapscallion. <laughs> Just get control of your emotions. Yes. Think about it. Go to the person. Reconcile. Life is way too short to hold that anger and bitterness. Boy, it sure is. It is. And you can put that on Facebook after you've reconciled. You might even get a like from That's Jesus. That's a great idea. Jesus might even like <laughs> might it. Might like it. That's right. And if he doesn't like it, maybe somebody else will. And if they don't, well, if they don't send it to 10 people who should like it, well, then well, they won't get a million dollars in their bank account next week. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for tuning in to The Preacher and the Policeman. Remember, if you want to send us a word such as... Scallywag. Or Rapscallion, or maybe... Ne'er-do-well. Or Festinate, or Obfuscate, or whatever any word you want us to use in the podcast <laughs> next month, just send it to us, vernonchaplains at gmail.com. The, the link will be in the show notes, or you can send it to us on our Facebook or 
Twitter feed, which we do appreciate those kind of that kind of social media interaction. Sure. Absolutely. Well, hey, thanks again for tuning in to The Preacher and the Policeman. Next month, we're going to be talking about another interesting subject called honesty. And looking forward to talking about that with you. I'm LJ. I'm the preacher. And I'm Andy. I'm the policeman. So be blessed. Be safe.